0: The UDR cast is not affiliated and does not represent any 12-step fellowship. I, Bill Ward, the host of the UDR cast, will be sharing my experience and my journey of recovery. That does include, but is not limited to, the literature contained in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Our guests will be sharing their own path to recovery and what has worked for them. The UDR cast encourages and supports all paths to recovery. Welcome everybody to the UDR cast. UDR stands for Uncover, Discover, and Recover. My name is Bill Ward, and I'm coming to you from the recovery capital of Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Here we are going to discuss everything recovery, different perspectives, different experiences, both with the people I know and with others from around the world. If you resonate with anything you've heard on this episode today, we ask that you share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. If you have any questions or comments, please find us at BillWar.life and send us a message in the info section, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you are interested in more recovery content, you can find the buttons for the YouTube channel and other social media outlets on the homepage and you will be redirected to those platforms. We can recover. One person, one family, one community at a time. So we were chatting earlier about uh, this higher power thing. And you said you really love love this conversation. Um, and it's one of your, your favorite topics. <laughs> Can you start us off on, on what you love about that topic? That's very broad. Yeah. And kind of funnel it into to what you love about it.
1: Like what's... It is, it, it is true I love it. I mean, I love it because it was something that eluded me for a very very long time and like understanding that without the solution of alcohol and these other things that i had used the absence of that is uh, is an absolute nightmare as we talked about this restlessness suitable discontent we've chatted about the the hideous four horsemen terror bewilderment frustration and despair um you know going into the program and this house of cards i like to call it a house of cards god and the base explanation in the rooms of this house of cards, God is I should have died doing the things that I had done. I am alive. There's a God. The story goes Christmas, 1978. You know, the wife told me she would leave. If I didn't sober up, I left drunk. I smacked up the car. I've been sober ever since they told me I was supposed to die in that accident. I've been sober. There's a God. And, I never, I never agreed with that. You know, I always knew that there was a couple of premises that were crooked about that. I didn't necessarily know why. But as I move, as I move through my life, I've seen a lot of negative things that I had realized that if I had adopted that premise, there would have been so many holes punched through it. You know, like I'm alive. I am, I am the shit of society. I mean, as I go through the step five, I, I actually take a very accurate self appraisal. Of who I am, not no no unwarranted pride involved in that, no false sense of pride, false sense of uh, of accomplishment. All the chips out are laid on the table, and I understand that, for lack of a better term, I am fucking a piece of shit. That's how I, how how I've operated. Coming to that premise, going to these rooms, this house of cards, God, right across the street, Mr. Jones has three kids. You know, he's a family man trying to make a trying to make a go of it you know, his six-year-old son gets hit by a car. God for me, piece of shit, shit heal a society, but no God for Mr. Jones. And that whole thing is what I've spent years and years of my recovery. Contemplating, seeing, meditating, and probably one of the two 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 biggest things that have come to me, one of which is the, the mainstay of how I combat this is the pieces of the puzzle. A lot of these things that happen that I perceive to be negative, you got to remember that's just a, a perspective. That's not grounded in reality at all. I could perceive something to be negative. I could perceive it to be positive. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily so. But with this, with this situation that has happened or whatever situation that comes with that perspective... All it is is a piece of the puzzle. A lot of the times, I'm not given a full picture. Mm. You know, like one of which, like one, like one example is, is Kelly was in school to be a social worker, and she had to take some grievance counseling. And uh, I, you know, at the start of these courses, everybody raised their raised their hand, and you know, why are you here? What's your name? You know, little background type of stuff. And there was a woman in there who had lost her daughter to cancer. I believe she was four or six. And uh, the grief counselor that had taken her through the process of grieving um, was so powerful for this woman that she, in turn, wanted to do the same thing. And knowing that she had lost a child herself, it wasn't all book smarts. She would come from it from a very practical standpoint. Being able to take something so negative To benefit the many is the full picture. Her losing her daughter is a piece of the puzzle and her being able to benefit the many is the full picture.
0: So in essence, her ability to work through that difficulty and learn and grow an understanding of herself and to build the strength and the fortitude within self, within her own being, to get through that. And a lot of that purpose is to share her experience with others so that they may not have to go through all the bullshit that could come with the loss of a child.
1: Yeah, that the ending of the story is an example of what could be called God.
0: Right. So Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this. Using using your experiences and building, he talks about uh, if your ark is not built when the storm comes, you're going to fucking drown. And the ark that this woman had built was going through this experience, learning about herself and building more strength and fortitude. I don't know this woman. I don't know if she had a God. I would assume that there was something she was trying to rely so on. Right? Yeah. And through that, she got through the storm and she was able to get through anything including one of the biggest catastrophes and peterson talks about getting through anything in life if your life has some meaning and purpose
1: but like this so like this principle like what i'm talking about is i'm talking about the headline not being god i'm talking about behind the scenes is where you find god right right so like even still like i remember you know spot, like so so two things my own experience being sexually abused as a child not knowing where that piece fits having that piece of the puzzle for decades of my life the first man i sponsored that went through the same experience that i, I am now given the full picture Right. So in regards to, and this is something we've chatted about, this is something that we both understood, this is something that we both utilize, is in regards to the question of God, what is a man going to use in a certain part of the we agnostic of the book? And a lot of us rely on a dead relative out of your own experience. And I remember going through, being able to utilize this actually in, in, in different ways. One of the most profound ways is that if this man has lost somebody prematurely, It is not, it is not um, the cycle of life that a child dies before the parents. That is unnatural for the parent dies for, for the parent to pass away from the child. That's a natural, it's a natural state of life. So for there to be. The parents dying unnaturally before, you know, parents die in their, let's say, 90s or 80s, whatever, and the the child is in their 50s or 40s, right? But for a child to lose both parents at the age of 10 is unnatural. And so this had happened to another guy, uh, that, that exact situation, he had lost both parents in a car accident. And before I even got to that, that resentment on God, we were able to flip it. He was actually able to utilize this, this tragedy, uh, tragedy in his life to build. He was able to segue the resentment, sidestep the resentment, and go right to the source. And I've been able to do this many times before a four, where a lot of the times I'm getting rid of, uh, as, a, as a byproduct of the process, I am getting rid of some of his biggest blockades. Towards some sort of spirituality. Towards some sort of God. Right out of the gate. Almost within the first number. Of uh, of sittings. We're able to fucking cut that right out. With in that.
0: step one.
1: In, in we
0: agnostic. So in that respect. It's only come through your experiences. As a sponsor. Where you've been able to identify. That's an issue later. So now you're able to kind of nip that off in the butt way earlier in the process. So by the time you get to the point where this is important, you've already dealt with it, right? And that came through your experience? Yeah, yep. but like, it is actually something that came through Bill Wilson's experience that he
1: understood that if he feels this way, he believed that it was, it was pretty common that most people would feel that way as a humility standpoint. So in my own experience, this house of cards God is something that I saw. In my own life, I was able to see it in a couple other sponsees. And then it was something that I moved towards its correction very early on and fucking made sure that you know we agnostic conversations can go one piece for hours. Um and and that is the necessary part of the fucking process, at least as far as I'm concerned. I want to get you away from this house of cards, God. We need something tangible. Not, you know, I pray to God, God fucking talks to me and me and him have an open dialogue. That's not, that kind of nonsense is theories and opinions, Mm -hmm. right? Nowhere in the big book does it say that. So we got to cut out a lot of those theories and opinions and get something that is common sense. Get something that is practical, that is tangible. Something that he could fucking... Something that he could feel, something that he could see, something he could connect to. It's a main line. What we have here is we have a main line to spirituality that is not convoluted by so many other religions. Like when a guy, you know, wants to accept a certain religion, it is my experience that he has to accept every fucking thing on that
0: religion or else it will fall short. So when you do, so when I do we agnostics chapters, to me, it's such an important chapter in the life of this person that I'm working with. And I've seen people's lives change in that two or three hour session and never be the same person again because of the delivery of that chapter. Um, so to me, it's such an important chapter to, to be able to deliver in a way that's really impactful, where there's a, like a spiritual awakening happening in that chapter. Yeah. And sometimes, as I'm working with some, certain guys with really big egos, or they already know a thing or two about a thing or two, or or they're they already have a conception of God based in religion or whatever. I can almost tell during the process whether this is really going to change them or whether it's not what's your experience with how important the step two delivery is and maybe the reception of that material. And I've never worked with a person. They might've been atheist or agnostic and I've never had somebody stay an atheist or agnostic after I've taken them through that chapter.
1: Yeah. Um, So the need for the spirituality why why do we talk about the higher power why do we talk about things like god like that is what precedes the we agnostic so if that's done properly essentially the the base conversation is your problem actually is the rest is discontent that is where it starts you solve that you will never drink again it's just that simple I wish I could tell you that every day, you know, every day do I have a reprieve? I have a reprieve on sanity. That's what I have a reprieve on. Am I going to be insane today or not? Essentially. Right? So taking it back to that, if this man understands that, he understands the need uh, for the higher power, then by the time we bust into that conversation, he's already laid open to this conversion experience. Right. So like Roland Hazard was laid open by Carl Young, and like Bill Wilson was laid open by Dr. Silkworth. That is we have to that that is what we have to do with a man. Right. So, anyways, we do that, that's properly done. Then I find it easier for me at least, for a guy to tell me, fuck God, for a guy to tell me that you know he doesn't think it'll work. And here's why I talked to a man about his resentments, his disdain, his blockades on God before anything else. Always. I want to get all that out on the table because all those are his Achilles heels. As soon as he sees that, he, you know, like it's, it's the guy that, you know, smiles and shakes his head. That's dangerous and the worst to, and, and the hardest to work with. Because he's not, he's not telling you the truth. The guy who tells me, fuck God, I know, fuck God. I know that's what you think. And I know that's what you feel. We both know that. At least that's like the most honest he's going to be with me. Is when he says things like that. I could work with that. It's much easier to take that and run with it than a guy who's, who's not being honest who's saying that, yes, he's believed in God his whole life and blah, blah, blah. And we both know that if that was actually the case, then he would not be alcoholic. So in my experience, is it an important chapter? His whole recovery rests on how those conversations go. Like the practicality of that chapter for me started with God is everything or else he's nothing. I was able to take that I was able to take that from the pages of the book and put that in the actual practical application into my life. And what that looks like is, you know, of course, you burn it down to the ground. You're probably dealing with charges. You're dealing with debts. You're, I mean, you are facing the music uh, for the first time in your life. And a lot of things, you don't make self-centered decisions your whole life. You start for a couple of months of your life, you start making something of God-centered decisions and everything goes well. You are bringing God into the repercussions of those self-centered decisions. Once a lot of that is dealt with and you are making God-centered decisions, you will get God-centered outcomes. But in that process, it really, you are, it's an uphill fucking battle, right? And in that, God is this situation that's happening here or God is nothing. Which God is this or God is fuck nothing in my life. What is my choice to be? And it is to say that I will have to make that choice more than once. Maybe a number
0: of times in a day depending on the damage that I've, that I've made. Maybe a number of times in an hour. Yeah. So it was about two years in we had started going through the step six and step seven material and that shit was really speaking to me. And then there's a line in the step seven. This is about two years in, 18 months maybe. It says, when we place self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power is out of the question. And I was just like, I stopped right there and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? If I place self-reliance first in any area of my life, then a genuine reliance upon a higher power is out of the fucking question? And then right there, it took me to what you had just mentioned about in step two. Either God is everything or he is nothing. What is my choice to be? Well, my choice was that God was everything. But I realized at that moment, that was an ego decision, that God was everything. Because when I looked at the actual facts of my life, I was placing self-reliance first. So this genuine reliance upon God, it was actually out of the question. So what that did in that moment, it was like light bulbs, mini spiritual awakenings. It fucking leveled me up to a point where, well, I really want God to be everything. So it allowed me to be more hyper aware of what I was fucking doing in my day to day life and behaviors and activities. And it allowed me to seek God more. Open God more. Not just to the situation and the circumstance like you just said. Because a lot of times through my life, I need God now because I'm dealing with shit, which is the repercussion of my decision based on self. But as I kind of became aware of that, it fucking really helped ramp me up. In around that same time, further up on that page, I believe it's on page 72, it talks about with a proper display of honesty and morality, we stand a better chance of getting what we really want. And I was like, fuck. So if I'm just rigorously honest and moral in any situation, I'll stand a better chance of getting what I really want. And that fucking sunk into my being as well, that line. A little further down that page, it talks about, uh, you know, on uh, true love of man and God was the daily basis of living. And I'm like, really? Is that the... Really, the daily basis of my life, true love of man and God. All of these things on that one page were just hitting me like left and right, and it fucking changed everything. And then, as I started living more with God, following the directions more, because like we said earlier, earlier, some of this I didn't really understand. But as the time went by and I was in the literature more and more, a lot of this started clicking. And then there's another line in that step seven. The most profound result of all was our change in our attitude towards God. And what I like to say about that line is God becomes the attitude. And when you look at the word attitude in the big book, it works when we have the proper attitude and work at it. With this attitude, you cannot fail. And there's a number of places where the word attitude is in the big book. And I've come to the understanding by being in the literature and my own experiences, the word attitude means reliance on God. It works when we have the proper attitude, reliance on God, and we work at it. Prayer and meditation. You know, if we can think honestly, search diligently within ourselves, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway, the God highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. Like that shit all hits home, pretty fucking profoundly, and uh, yeah, that. The one, the one word that always rang with me—it's—it's it's the same premise of what you're
1: saying. It's the exact same thing, but it's perspective. Like for me when I could be in the perspective of self dominated by self, or I could be in the perspective of God. And when I have the ability to turn this power off by not doing the work and turn the power back on, that's what it feels like for me is just a change in perspective, change in attitude, right? Like throughout this conversation, because we're both very solution based and maybe the listener isn't as solution based we've had a very good mix of problem and solution i think a pretty good balance of problem and solution but much like in step 1 the process starts with the problem you know the problem with with god and you had alluded to this previous where a man will be alpha and the omega essentially is that the man takes on the role of God. And it actually does talk about this in the chapter that we're talking about, we which is we agnostic. And that is the God of reason. And one thing that always that always made me laugh, but I always clued in on, and in some circumstances make me laugh because where these guys are that I'm working with and where I am today, like these guys in early recovery, it looks as if God's will is my own. So I need a place to stay. I get a place to stay. I need a job. Generally, I'll get a job. You know, maybe I, I have some charges. All of a sudden through some miracle, these charges are lifted or just crazy breaks this guy's this guy gets in his first year where like, you know, I get pulled over. Um, for a speeding violation or for a turn signal out and it's guns drawn pretty well like that's the severity of my defective character today like I said the guy in early recovery gets tons of rope to fuck around where you know when your station changes th- those windows get light and light and light where you don't get the opportunity to fuck around. But the switch happens where, you know, you're talking about this, you know, the first year. Now the real work begins. And, and why I believe the real work begins is the break's end. You know, these crazy opportunities and these crazy things on how this, he just thought his whole life was going to be a projection of his first year. And if that was the case, it's going to be easy. Is your first year hard? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's going to be hard. But you know nothing. Your responsibilities in life are absolutely nothing more often than not. you know. So the first year is a gift because the turmoil doesn't really start coming until the second year. And if you've built this house of cards God, you are going to rely on self again. And that's all I believe that it is. Is this guy has no problem relying on God when these things that, that, that he thinks are God's will are actually his own, and these things come to fruition. But what happens in the second year when these things that are truthfully his will that he's mistaking for God's will all go the opposite end? Because that's actually God's will, right? More often than not, God's will is almost the exact opposite of my own. And I don't find that out to the second year, yeah. right? Sometimes God just is, eh? And so then what happens is I start to justify, I start to rationalize some of the most errant nonsense, right? You know, like, yeah, like you're sponsoring a guy and then all of a sudden he tells you, yeah, she's three weeks sober, you know, God put her in my path. And we both know that's fucking complete nonsense. But what is that? That is this God of reason has nothing to do with God. The God of reason is more comfortable The God of Reason is what's kept this man in sobriety from blowing his brains out. God of Reason tells me when I'm drinking that it'll work out. God of Reason tells me that no, if I do X, Y, Z, it will equal this, right? And in some respects, and in some respects that does work out, in some respects. But when alcohol is involved, that really blows the whole God of Reason out the window. And then when this dishonesty comes in, that really blows the God of Reason out the window. The God of Reason is based in force, and it takes a lot of power to run it, a lot of self-power. But God's power is infinite, and it takes absolutely no
0: effort to run. It takes discipline. Thank you for tuning in to the UDR Cast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. The viewpoints and the opinions expressed today were solely of the individual sharing them. If you resonated with this episode, please follow us and share this link with anyone that may benefit from it. Please visit us at billward.life to see everything that we have going on. We can recover one person, one family, one community at a time.